Hey guys, this is Tyler. You're listening to another episode of Fight Stories, brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD. Head over to AbsoluteNatureCBD.com, punch in the promo code GOONSQUAD. They're going to set you up with all their 100% natural CBD oil products with a discount of 20%. That's promo code GOONSQUAD at AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. And I want to say big thank you to Absolute Nature CBD. They've been riding shotgun with the Sunshine Boys all season long. And here we are today with the season finale. Guys, I think it's safe to say that hockey enforcers have been the bread and butter of Fight Stories podcast. I mean, for all the entertainment they provided us with over the years, we love paying tribute to these warriors and sharing their stories with you guys. We know the hockey fight community is out there and still rabid and engaged, even though they've largely been ignored by the game. And uh, people like Gary Bettman and David Branch have tried to put them in the rear view. But we love sharing these stories and these guys they're such generous people like every episode we do unlocks another guest the way this episode came about was just like that because we had Darren Kimball the former enforcer from the St. Louis Blues on our podcast last year at the end of the episode he mentioned we should come out to St. Louis fast forward to the playoffs John texts me he's like oh we got to get out to St. Louis because the Blues are about to win the fucking cup and that city is hockey crazy so we said, yeah, let's go to St. Louis. Now, this episode never would have happened without Darren Kimball hooking it up and without the promoter, the comedy promoter, Ron Heron. Big thank you to Ron. Ron was the one who set us up with some shows in the area that helped pay the freight, hooked us up with our accommodations. Ron Heron, you are a fucking beauty. We love you, buddy. Um, so without further ado, we have an amazing episode for you. Three enforcers, count it three, all from the St. Louis Blues alumni. Today, I give you the season finale of Fight Stories, Cam Jansen, Darren Kimball, and Reed Lowe. Whoa, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. We're live down in St. Louis with the St. Louis Blues tough guy hall of fame this is fucking awesome this is john moses i'm here with tyler morrison we're in uh we're in top shooters in columbia illinois a lot of talent in the building here tonight and i'm not talking about the hockey players <laughs> this- uh, he didn't know i scored six this morning Losey. you weren't there <laughs> <laughs> all right tyler I'm, w- I'm here with tyler morrison this place puts the hooters and shooters a lot of a lot of young tenderonis running around here but we're not here for that tyler go ahead all right, today we got uh, some special guests on the podcast. We got Mr. Darren Kimball, we got Reed Lowe, and we got Cam Jansen. Thanks for being here, guys, with us. This has uh, always been uh, one of our episodes. We wanted to come down this way because when we had Darren on before, Darren was like, yeah, you guys got to get down to St. Louis. And, uh, you know, there's just so many – the history of tough guys in St. Louis Blues, um, it's definitely rich, and you guys have definitely been a big part of that, so it's really cool to have you on. Well, I appreciate you having us, and uh, you know, Kimby and, and, and Losey and I, we do a lot of things together in this town, and we have a great alumni, so we all hang out, tell stories all the time, so we're kind of used to this, Losey, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> we've got one of the largest alumni in all the NHL, I think there's 48 guys that live and raise their families in the community, and uh, you know, we've got a nice dressing room that they just built for us up at Centene Place, we skate three times a week, um, you know, it's, it's nice to be a part of the St. Louis Blues rich history and to have guys uh, after the game because when you're done playing, 
you don't have that camaraderie. And, and so for us here in St. Louis, we're lucky to have a bunch of guys that when you need something, they're there for you. This is really cool. What is St. Louis anyway? Like, it, it's not the South. Is it like Midwest? It's the Midwest. It's considered the Midwest, yeah. Because I never think. You know, of the arch is the gateway to the West, right? This oh, is that, that what they say? That was that uh, <laughs> little St. Louis history. You yeah, know, I've been here twenty there. years. I gotta have somewhat of a clue, uh, right? Because I, because I never know. Like, I know it snows. It's like the one I never considered it as an expansion team. It's not far enough south where you would consider it south, but it still feels sort of southern. Uh, can be. What do you think? You're you're a northern guy, right? What is your take? Are we the South in yeah. Missouri? Well. You, well, I, yeah, but the, the thing I think you see a lot of hockey players, now Cam's from here, so that's a different animal, but right. Rosie's from, up in the Saskatchewan area where I'm from. A lot of us that stay here, it's because it reminds us of our area back home. It's not the, the people, the fans that we deal with all on a regular basis. Right. They're sort of like a lot of Canadians. They're, they're laid back. You know, we, they know their hockey. They know what's going on, the core we deal with. So right. I think there's a, a family It's a family issue down here that, you know, it's a tight bond that uh, Losey was talking to you about earlier, but – it's sort of like a little Canadian community is what it is. It's huh. a great little community that once once you're and, – and, and the Cardinals are no different. There's a lot of Cardinal players that live here as well. Once you've endeared yourself to these fans and these people and you've, you know, showed the blood, sweat, and tears that you have, they just love you. And they're so welcoming into the community. There's a lot of guys that work for different businesses around. And that's really where that started back in the Bruce Affleck, Larry Patey, Mike Zook, you know, Bob, Bob Plager days. Those guys – were part of the community and then when they got done playing the community welcomed them into their community jobs and and their companies and, and cool. gave them jobs so that's really what started it and all. back then they needed them <laughs> yeah, exactly you needed to have a job well, you're making then, cfl I re- money i retired in two, 2007 i needed a job and i got done too <laughs> making five hundred thousand dollars a year living like i'm making 1.5 billion <laughs> but the rock star is what you oh, call wait. that how many penalty minutes are sitting at the table right here uh well i'd say in our in all of our careers, there's 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 a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> a lot of fighting majors, probably over. You're over. You're over. Uh, what? 1,500 fights. Oh, uh, you're uh, over 10,000 easily. Because 1,200 fights. No. I got five hundo. Oh, do you not have that many, Losey? I'm sorry about that. Well, or, or you turning guys down? All I'm gonna say is that like. Uh, Where are the, you the, turning the, guys down? Ty Domi's got the most fighting majors in NHL history with 339. All time. He was yeah. talking all time. Still. He's talking all time. Outside, outside so of how, how many? Too? How many? How, Oh yeah, years you, like we had hundred and stuff oh, too. How many games? How many games you play? Total. How many games you play? Uh, I played three thirty-six in the NHL. How many games? Just uh, when you started fighting in junior hockey, all through. How many games? How many? How many did you have? Six hundred games. Thousand. Twelve hundred. So you got twelve hundred games of junior, pro. And you had to fight a game. Bullshit. Yeah, I said, said hundred combined, you dummy. Oh, I, in, in the OHL, I think. fucking dumb? I said 500 I had. Uh, oh, total, man. yes. I, I think in the OHL, you got you had 99 on, on hockeyfights.com. You fucking put me on the spot. You just put me on the spot. If you go to your career, though, like in the NHL, I had I played 300 and some games similar to a cam. I had 1,000 some minutes. But yeah. In junior, I had more than that. So I say we average at least 3,000 over our careers in the minors and juniors and that. Minutes, I'm talking. Yeah. I'm not into the fighting category. You know, it's a, it's a different now, but minutes. And back in the day, I don't know uh, what juniors did with you guys, but they didn't count our 10 minutes up in the day back in the day when I played. Oh, wow. So, you okay. know, I didn't so know that. When I got 300 and some minutes, that, there was no 10-minute shit in oh, game that's interesting. You're, that's fighting right Good. there. Can I add on that real quick before you grab the mic out of my, my face, Lozy? Because we're going to go back and forth. There's no <laughs> fucking podcast, whatever. <laughs> but, no, you're right on that. I remember playing in, the, the, in 04 during the lockout. 
so me and uh, uh, Brian McGratton and I were, were going back and forth with Tony Minutes and Fighting Majors. We both had 45 that year. Broke records. Losey's looking at me like he doesn't care, but <laughs> we go back. But my point is, he, we, he would get, he had 551 that year. I had 336, 337, whatever it was. But I didn't get tens because I was trying to, I always kiss the, the lines, lineys and the ref's ass. Like, I wanted to kiss her ass. Like, I don't want you to give me that elbowing call the first shift of the game. And I just kiss. But Brian McGratton, at the end of every game, and he knows this, if he's going to listen to this damn thing, I don't care. Would be, <laughs> go, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. And he's like, McGrath, what are you doing? He won't give me a 10. And he'd get a 10 minutes time. <laughs> and that's why he well, uh, 501 minutes he had? I want to say that, uh, uh, and I don't know if it's 505 or 517, but Kerry Toporowski for the Spokane Chiefs had 507 minutes or 505 minutes, only fives and twos. He had like 70 fights that year. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. That's insane. And if you meet him off the ice, you'd be like, there's no fucking way that you were an idiot like that. Did you ever fight him? I did not ever. I I never played against him. I fought him in the minors one time. Never played against him, but he was tough. He was tough. Yeah, he's a lefty. Yeah. He, was out, he, was, he went out to Vegas, too, when Vegas was trying to make a name for their hockey. They got going, and Topper was a fan favorite because, you know, he'd do goofy shit, you know. You never, you never knew what Topper was doing. But Once he put skates on, yeah. watch out. But see, I'm for Prince Albert, too, <laughs> and that's where his family grew up at. They live, he lives in Dubuque, Iowa now, I believe. I played with Shane, his brother, in Worcester. Yeah. He still lives out there now. Correct. Actually, married a gal and lives in Worcester. Where are you Worcester. from originally? Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> well, I knew it's was Saskatchewan. <laughs> You put a hey, you put a set of antlers on him, and you got a big moose. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, per capita in the NHL, the toughest like fighters overall have come from Saskatchewan. There's so many, it's insane. It We're is. All related. <laughs> you can only fuck your sister so many times. So <laughs> <laughs> but you look at the time when I was there, and I, I'm not. But I had Twister was there. Yep. This is at the top. Like Twister, Jimmy McKenzie was there. And yep. Jimmy Mack wasn't even into fighting just yet. He was. He didn't get really going until he got to the NHL. But mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Mack was there. Uh, the Ewan boys were out west. Yep. Link Gates was out west. Oh, fuck. You the know, scariest. Postcheck, Vakoda. Uh, they all come along. There was a nut show going on, man. Oh you yeah. You had to go every night. Did you Link ever Gates. fight Gates? I never fought Link. No, I never no. fought Link. But uh, everyone else, I can. Don't go with forget there. the Prince yeah. Albert Raider days when yeah. uh, they had <clears throat> Ken Belanger and uh, a couple of the other guys up there in the mid '80s, which actually in the Western Hockey League was the reason why they separated warm-up because Prince Albert would go down and steal the other team's net and start <laughs> line brawls and bench brawls before the before the games even started. So so in the Western League, they went to where one team would warm up on the whole ice themselves, then they would go off. And so the road team, always, oh, you had wow. to go warm up when I was playing. You had to go warm up, and 25 yeah, minutes later, you'd cool down, down yeah. hang out, and then you'd have to go back out on the ice and play a game after those guys were just nice and warm, right? So the Western we, Hockey League was a shit show from day one. I was just one. doing that with Cam, talking on his show earlier. Uh, when, when I was playing in Swift Current, the Indians – uh, Patty Janelle was our coach. Mm-hmm. Patty Janelle was probably one of the legendary, coaches. legendary goon coaches. Mm-hmm. And I, I say goon, but he, you know, he went to the Memorial Cup, and that's he liked he, the teams yeah. tough, though. Toughest it's team. Like the N word amongst blacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we had bike. We had, Which we don't say. We had guys. <laughs> we had guys with bikers that, that come out, and he would go find them. And it was the toughest team I ever played on. But we were in Lloyd Minister, and we went down and grabbed the other damn net, took it down there. We warmed both our goalies. They, they, they wouldn't even come near the friggin' red line. They were so damn scared. They, they, so we warmed up. The referee had to come down and say, give them their fucking net back. And I, that's that's, that's, that's such a mind that's, fuck. But that's such old school shit. Yeah. Like that's fucking, that's just old school you shit. You get thrown in prison now for you that. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's never happening again. Yeah. 
But now that nowadays it's it's just different. Guys are warriors in different ways, like we said, can be like they are. Like they'll block shots and not that they didn't have them back in the day, but it's just a different it's a different era now. We, we and went, well, not we went up to Flintflon, Manitoba. And so Patty Janelle coached the uh, the old bombers up there in, in Flintflon. So Dan Turner was a you know, he played for Medicine Hat Tigers. He, he got a little cup of coffee with the Toronto Maple Leafs at one point, a tough bugger. Well, Dan Turner was out in the out in the woods chopping wood and all that and we were coming into town, so they brought him out to the game. Dan Turner, we had a guy, Mike Polinchuk, he'd probably be 6'10". Uh, Patty Janelle threw him over the bench to go fight Dan Turner. Like, threw him right during the play. Just get the fuck going. Line ball starts. <laughs> Patty runs across with his cowboy hat. We're going into the stands. We go out to the bus after the game. The bus, the there was a lot of Native Indians that followed follow the game up in Flintflon. They're rocking our bus. And we're sitting on the, I'm 16 years old, wondering, what the fuck is going on here? It's like a prison I, riot. We're going to get fucking, we're dying here. Yeah. Because it's fucking like rocking the boat, and I'm going, wow, what are we doing? My, my, my uh, I played in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and that's where Flintflon was. And I'm not kidding, 1993, they still had chicken wire on the back of the, uh, uh, like, it, it's like a fence as glass around the back, right? And so... Both dressing rooms were at one end, and it was a real long. It wasn't a bunch of seats, maybe five, six hundred seats in the entire ring. And their best player was a twenty-year-old. He was leading the league and scoring. But when he broke into the league as a seventeen-year-old, shows I was at that at that moment. I was a young guy coming up. He was a fighter back in the day, so I kind of, I think I rocked somebody, and then he came over, and I just beat the piss out of him. Well, I started skating down the ice because in the SJHL, then we got booted out of the game after a fight, right? And I see these three big guys walking down there. They're just staring at me like that, right? I was scared to death. Oh, shit. I get in the dress group. I lock the door, and I sit in the far corner with two sticks, one in each hand going, if I get one, and I was scared to death. And then all of a sudden, like, I hear a banging on the door. I'm like, oh, shit, it's them. And I go up, and I open the door, and it was my teammates coming in for the intermission. Oh, I was so God. scared, man. It was so unbelievable. He talks about the chicken wire, and this is a true story. Uh, Bobby Clark, so he played back in the Flintflon day. That's who Patty Janelle had. That's so where go, Bobby Clark's from, yes, right? Yes, Bobby Clark's, that's where he comes up at. And Ken but there's a chicken too. wire, and I believe Tiger Williams, and Bomber's from there too, yes. Yeah. And Reed Simpson's from there. And, and, and Simmer's the one that told me this story because we would go up to Flintflon in the summer because yeah. I know Reed would hang out with us in PA. But they had chicken wire around there, like Losey said. There was a fan yapping the whole time. So I, I think it's Tiger Williams. He says, dump it in that fucking corner because I'm going in there. Yeah. He went in the corner, turned a sticker on a butt end of the guy right through the fucking chicken wire. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That's awesome. That's old, that's yeah, that's I old. That shit. This is like in uh, where I where I played hockey growing up in uh, Nobleton, King City area. That's where Carcillo's from. Oh, There's yeah, a couple yeah. of maniacs that played defense together. What they would do is before the game, they go and put a big black X on one piece of glass, and that's where they drive people into the glass. Crowd will go insane. Well, don't do it. Don't do a uh, hockey fight podcast with Carcelo anymore because he's not into it. At no, he's not. All. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not trying. I said Carcelo lost his fucking no, yeah, fight no, card. Chirp. No, Carcelo was crazy. He's, he's was, going he through like, some he stuff. A, he's going through some shit. I had him on here. I told you guys. I, I want yeah. to tell a story one more time, but like he's, he's, he went through some shit. Yeah. And we all have, and we probably will eventually. Like, we all got hit hardcore. But I'm okay. Like I, I feel I, I feel okay. But some guys don't, and he's just he's anti all that stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And I get where he's coming from with different things as far as the doctors are concerned. But man, oh man, like hockey as a whole, I do miss a couple guys trading fucking punches. Tom Wilson did it the other night against Claude Lemieux's son, Brendan Lemieux. Do you see that tilt? No. They, do you see that, Kimby? Yeah, I saw it. Yes, they fucking, I did. They went toe to toe. 
they threw some punches, but we do miss that kind of it's, stuff. I, I find it hard to watch now. It, I They're find it hard to watch just because it, the, the culture of the game that I grew up with has changed. It's just so so much different it's now. all we lived. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that's all we lived. Like, that's what we did. Like, it wasn't – and even with – maybe not Losey because Losey's actually soft for a big guy. But I, I wanted to – I wanted a fight. Like, I wanted to do it. Like, I wanted to hit, like – you know, I played soccer and all that shit, and I got kicked out. And my dad's like, "Okay, I got, I got you, get, get you into hockey," and he did. And it we, just did you just did you just admit to being a grass fairy? <laughs> that was real low, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was real low. Grass fairy? I haven't heard that one before. Uh, <laughs> That's hey, a good don't chirp. say that over in Britain. I'll tell you that. Don't I'll be using it. But you know, we love to do it, and it, 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 it set us up to, for what we're doing now, and. It, and but it's just you're not going to see it anymore, man. Well, I'll say this. As a fan, you know, and obviously I come from Canada, so you grow up and hockey's always number one. But it's the thing that separates hockey from all the other sports. Baseball aside, every other sport sort of has their finesse plays and their finesse moments. But the brawls is what, like, separated hockey and you were like, yeah, that's why we're it, the toughest. It used to. Right. It used to. You know, so, and, and, again, there's there's great hits. That's that's cool. You know what yeah. I mean? That was a great hit, I think. You know, Donner had a good hit last night, but you got guys coming in with their gloves on, sticks are up. Like, before, you know, you drop your gloves, everybody would grab a guy. If you fought, you fought. If you didn't, you didn't. That, that, those days are those days are gone, but you have to have, oh, yeah. you have to have guys protect your teammates. Good hit or not, you got to have somebody show up, and now they just pig pile and slap each other when, with their purses and when whatever. When a scrum makes the fucking highlight reel on Sports Center and yeah. they pretend that that's a fucking fight, get out of here, man. You know, it's... You go, you, they talk about the fighting and that, and I've said it myself before. Fighting doesn't really, I don't really give a fuck. I, I'll give you the fight and take it away, but I want the playoff hockey. Yeah. And that's that's what I want. And that's why when you do, during the season, why when Chicago played St. Louis, St. Louis eight times, we played Detroit eight times, there had to be a rivalry. And the reason I say that is, if you live in St. Louis, they love your fucking team. They want to be out there fighting with you. And that's why they, they drew themselves to this game. Mm-hmm. Now there's really you can't go you can't go on a war. You're not into a war with them anymore. Yeah. Like if we go to Chicago, they call it rivalry. Fuck, go fuck yourself. There's no rivalry there anymore. It's, yeah. You're, you know it's city against city. There was a rivalry. There was a fucking hatred before. The where, fans are yeah. You know. It, yeah. The fans would in St. Louis and Chicago, they would go in the stands and they would fight during those back in the day. You, you're not gonna see that shit anymore. You it know, gets more violent in the stands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Even now, when. I, like it, it, it just kind of just ended though. Like yeah. it just ended. Like even when we're even my last years, the Devils and the, the Rangers, we fucking hate Lou. Hate, Lou Lamarillo hated the Rangers. Yeah, we fucking hated them. Like no, we're winning this game. You know, we start line brawls and just fucking nuts, and it stopped. And that was that. The hatred ended in that that last era there. Yeah, and it's too bad now. Guys are still doing their thing, and I get that. You don't need to jump, guys. I get it, but I want you to fucking get mad. In the game last night, the Blues got mad too, and that's why. But the Blues are separate; they're on their own fucking island, man. They're fucking hardcore because of Craig Berube, which yeah. we'll probably get into in a little bit. The one thing I want to kind of piggyback on that, it, um, you know, so when I broke into the NHL in 2000, they were already starting. The coaches were already starting to control the toughness levels in the game. Like Joel Quimble used to say, "Lozy, you got the red light." 
uh, red light. What does that mean? Right. You know, are we playing fucking Red Rover here? Like, <laughs> red light? You mean that if I'm on the ice and somebody cross-checks my teammate in the face and it's 5 nothing, I got a red light? You don't want me to do anything? Really? That's what you want? You want me to right. turtle? What about the fans? You know? Like, it, it, so, for me, I, I think that's where it changed for the coaches because they were they were looking for momentum swings and they right. kind of abused that position for that where they didn't want you to fight when it got up to the point where I wouldn't, like, to my detriment, I wouldn't listen to Joel. So when we got up three or four goals, he wouldn't play me because, you know, it was, I was going to go out there and if they called it. But for me, the way that I was raised in it, and Al Tour is my coach, and, you know, he wasn't a heavyweight, but, man, he'd fight anybody, you know. And, well, I'll tell you and, what. And, and he, he would always, like, we would always, I would always tell people this. When you're up three or four goals, you're protecting your lead. When you're down three or four goals, you're looking to try and change the momentum, and that's that's what, what our role was. Do you know what I mean? Just that, as like, a fan, that. Yeah. we watched the Leafs suck for years, constantly getting blown out. You're paying, you know, a good chunk of money for a ticket. The, sometimes the only the only satisfaction you got was a fight as a fan. It was a shit game otherwise, hard, you know? The hardest job that I ever had, and now when I was at the Quebec Nordiques, it was easy because I was breaking into the league, and I, wanted, I was just going to fight all the time. Yeah. The hardest job you will ever have as a tough guy was fighting for a losing team. Okay, yeah. Because, you know, when you're – you always like to fight. You always felt good about yourself if it was like a 2-1 game or, the, or you're down by two goals and you would go fight and it would change the momentum. Yeah. But when I was in Quebec, we'd be down by fucking six goals. Yeah. So you would go and fight. And you're almost fighting for fucking – you're, you're fighting for you're yourself, obviously. You're saving face but for the team. Not, yeah. But if you lose, oh. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you this, so I like to be the only guy. And I know the era is different than when you played Kimby, and even you, Lozzi, to a certain extent. I like to be the only guy. I played with, and, and Eric Bolton, the god, he was the fucking funniest human being. We were best friends, and we were comp- competing with each other. In 2012, we went to Stanley Cup and lost to uh, 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 L.A., and we were best friends. But I, I, I like to be the man. Like, yeah. in St. Louis, like, I beat DJ King out, although he was tougher than dog shit. Motherfucker. He was, he was tough. tough. Yeah, he was tough. Motherfucker was tough. Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. Hardcore fucking badass. (laughs) All Canadians are badass, by the way. Love when you're from fucking Meadow Lake. You're a tough son of a bitch. I promise you. (laughs) Or like Redwater, Saskatchewan, where like uh, Todd Fedorik's at. Like Redwater, meaning you're probably Gall Lake. Motherfucker. Anyway, but uh, I I like to be the only guy. You know what though? You know what I mean? Like I want to get your attention. Here's 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 where I'll tell with Cam though that where the part where you don't like it. I'll I'll just tell you a prime example of this. I'm playing in Quebec. I'm the only guy in Quebec at the time. Was going, we're playing an exhibition game. A scrum look goes on, so I, I throw my gloves off and I look around. There's Dave Brown, there's Craig oh Berube, and, and Dale Kushner. And oh. so, oh, yeah. I'm fight, and, and Dave Brown in his squeaky voice goes, Who you want, Kimby? You know, <laughs> so your gloves glued on there, Kimby? And I'm going, <laughs> Oh, they're gone. I said, I'll fight any one of you because I'm know. a young kid. And Dave, Even though you're a big lefty, so, so you got to fight Brownie. Then you got to fight Baru because he's going to want you. And, and then you got to fight Kushner. Oh yeah. yeah if you had some help, man. You're, yeah. But you're the fucking man. But your man, fucking man. hands are just ripped well, to shreds and everything. We so. had uh, we had Paul Stewart on, and he was talking about uh, he fought Terry O'Reilly, yes, first game. Dan Jonathan, oh, and Jesus. fucking uh, Wensink. I think, or it was Secord. <laughs> Yeah, Secord yeah. was there at the time. Yeah, they fought three the three guys in one night, which is like that's you know it. that's a pretty the lunch pail gang yeah, was pretty insane. Sure. You did your job. Yeah. <laughs> and you, but fuck man, like after the game, I'm like fuck yeah. Yeah. Like fucking hey. There's highs and lows. There's highs and lows to it. I, I see you're saying. Yeah. I got a headache, but I'm going out tonight <laughs> and I'm fucking cruising around. This episode of Fight Story has been brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD for the very best in all natural, all organic CBD oil and CBD oil products. 
Head over to AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. Use the promo code GOONSQUAD. Save yourself 20%. Absolute Nature CBD has no GMOs, pesticide-free. It's lab-tested. There are no chemicals, and it's organically grown. All that hippy-dippy bullshit that you boys are worried about these days. So check out Absolute Nature CBD. Use the promo code GOONSQUAD. Save yourself some cash and ease your pains and aches. So I have a, I have a question for you, Cam, because you're from you're from here. This is yep. your hometown. And then how did you get from here to going to Ontario? Like, to Ontario? like uh, well, I, I just started playing, and I just got – I was played everything. Yeah. became an athlete. Like, I tell parents now. I go get them into everything. I played soccer, baseball, everything to become an athlete. Then I got into Rick Schooley's Learn to Skate in Fenton, Missouri. How old? Nine. Nine. Okay. Okay, that's late. But you're nine and you're already an athlete, like a bit of a star athlete. I roar hockey in my basement. So when you're from St. Louis, you're not skating on fucking ponds. You're Mm. skating on a pond for a week and then you're falling fucking through. (laughs) Then your dad's got to pull the truck back and dig your shit out of there because your skates are stuck in the mud. Wow. So you don't get better on the ponds here like you did, Kimby. You you buy rollerblades and you rollerblade around your subdivision and you rollerblade in your basement and you break windows and your dad yells at you for that, but he knows you're fucking working your shit. Then you find out you could do the same thing on ice and you got to learn to stop. Right, so that's the big thing. That's you got to learn to stop. And then, now it's different. <laughs> but I played AAA hockey. I made AAA my, my second year. I mean, because our teams weren't that good. Then you go up to Canada, and I would fucking hit guys. I wanted to hit, and I was able to get in and hit and hold on the puck, and no one wanted to go near me. I score goals, and all these scouts would look at these other teams, mm-hmm. and they'd be like. Oh, who's this other kid over here that wore number 16, by the way? My dad told me to wear number 16 with that AAA Blues jersey on. That was sick. The fucking awesome. You guys, you're going to stick out because everybody's looking for 16 because Brett Hall was playing at the time. So you didn't go straight to the OHL in no, Canada. You played. No, I played AAA, then I yeah. made the Sting, St. Louis Sting, North American Hockey League. Okay. Where you're fighting 50 times a year. Oh, okay. A 16-year-old. And then a guy, a chiropractor named Mike Murphy, calls up. Uh, Mike Kelly, the GM of, 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 of Windsor, where he's from, but he married a girl here, and he opened a chiropractic, and he goes, you got to look at this fucking kid. This kid from Eureka, Missouri, who, he's, he's crushing guys, and he's good, and he's work, He's a workhorse. Take a look at him. They drafted me third round, and I went up there and moved into an, a family with, they were 85 years old, they had five daughters. <laughs> and, I, and I terrorized them. They loved me so much to a point where, they would answer the fucking phone, and I would talk to girls, of course, and we didn't have cell phones, so they'd call the house, and Arlene would be like, hello, oh, Cam's going to the bathroom right now. I'm like, give me that fucking phone. I'm like, no, I'm not. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, my God, what a uh, what a transformation that was, but that's how I got to the OHL. And so you get into the OHL, and it like the OHL at that era was actually a pretty thick fucking league, man. There were some tough fucking yeah, dudes playing. Right. Brian McGratton, you're fighting McGratton yeah. when you're a kid playing there. Um, you get the rivalry with London, so you're going against Chris Bain. Bainer, yeah. What was that like? That's like. Good look on YouTube. Yeah. Toe to toe, baby. Just jacked and up. So I got there, and the, again, those Canadians, they, they, they knew my personality. I'm a kid from St. Louis taking a job of a Canadian. I'm taking a fun Canadian job, and that's why I talked about. It. I pumped up Don Cherry about that. I'm like Don Cherry always was nice to me as a Can- American coming and taking jobs, but I did what I needed to do on the ice. And I go up there and I just feed off the fans, man. Packed house every night. Like, oh, my God, I have fans now? I could do this and I have fans? Like, okay. And Windsor's a tough there. town. Like, if you don't know, where, like, listeners, oh if you God. don't know Windsor, that's where Bob Probert's from. It's where uh, Todd Shit Gill, 
Ty Domi's from Bell River just outside. It's yep. just like that whole city is tough as nails. Fuck so yeah. they like their tough guys. And so you come in and you got to feel like a little bit of a hot shot you when you're, up, oh. you know what you I mean? You have a couple guys and you, the city loves you. 200,000 people. You've never had attention in your life playing yep. hockey. You right. never had. You're trying to explain to your buddies in St. Louis why you're good, how you're good. The guy sitting right next to me right here, I'm like explaining to him, oh, I'm going down. To, they, they don't know shit. But then you go up there and everybody's like, oh, my God, you're doing what you're you're entertaining a shit, and you're doing funny interviews afterwards, and you're beating guys up and taking your jersey off in the penalty box for the girls, which I wanted to do. I just wanted to do that. I wanted to do it. Tony held the gun to your head on that one. Tony twisted that back in the day, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my shit off. Then you get attention. You're like, God, I love it. And I fed off the emotion, man. It was fucking awesome. You guys want to hear a good uh, read low Tony Twist fight story? I would love to hear it. That's the name of the podcast, man. I'll tell you. So, uh, uh, and, and, Chase would be mad at me for this, but it is what it is. Um, so uh, it's my second year uh, pro. I'd already played a year in the minors, spent a little time on the coast, then finished it off in the East or uh, American Hockey League in Worcester. Come back from my second year training camp, and Kelly Chase kind of laid a little spanking on Tyson Nash. So I can't, and Nash was on my team, and in training camp, you know, there's guys. There, there's not even referees out there. There's yeah. nothing. There's no like stuff is crazy. So. Uh, Chaser tries to get after Nasher again, and it's right in front of the bench. So I just step over the ice, and I step in front of him saying, hey, you, you beat him up once. He deserved it. Now leave him alone. And Chaser's like, you want him to go? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So I drop my <laughs> gloves and give it to Chaser pretty good, um, enough to where, like, uh, Patty Goodell and, and, and uh, uh, Gibby were coming in the dressing room after because my knuckles were beat up. I had to get looked at. Like, oh, yeah, you did good, right? <laughs> So anyways, again, like I said, Kelly probably thinks the, the story's a little different, but when Twister tells the story, he's like, well, if you beat him up, uh, Chaser, how come I had to go get him the next day, right? So I guess it all comes out the wash, right? And I love Chaser, and he's one of the toughest guys ever. So I'm not, not taking nothing away from him. Anyways. That night, everyone's like, oh, Twister's coming to get you, Lozy. I'm like, oh, God, I didn't sleep. I had diarrhea. <laughs> 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 I have diarrhea the mouth every day. I had diarrhea in the ass that day. <laughs> so we get we, we have these little stretch-out uh, warm-ups in the morning, and he's not there. And then I don't see him anywhere in the rink, and his bike's not out back. I'm like, well, maybe he got sick, and he's not here. You know what I mean? And, and, and so in training camp, like, Twister was a fourth liner. We were all fourth liners. And but in training camp, the, the veterans are always on the first line, right? So I'm on the fourth, a third line of the chart, and Twister's on the first. I'm like, maybe I won't get out there against them today, right? Like this is what's in my head. <laughs> so we get out in the ice. Sure enough, he's on the ice and he's kind of staring me down. I'm like, God damn, this is crazy. Uh, first line gets out. Second line gets out. I get ready to go out for my shift, but I'm gonna pause there and let you guys know that his grandfather. Uh, uh, Gord Twist and my grandfather Don Hamilton fought in World War II together and were best friends. Oh wow! And, and Gord lived in Moose Jaw and hung out with my grandfather every day. So when at my first year when I came down, he was like, "Hey," he told his grandpa who told Twister, and so Twister would take me out for lunch and he was super nice to me, right? <laughs> so pick back up, third shift's over. I jump. He just jumps over the board. Didn't wait for nothing. He sees me on the ice. He jumps over the board. He's like, "Hey, low." I'm like, "Oh shit." It's about <laughs> to happen. So I dropped my gloves and I'm standing there like, and I was shaking. I still remember. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do here? You know? So I grab onto him and try and hit. He's got his, trying to get his arm reared back. And I'm like, God damn. Anyways, he throws, he swings a couple, misses me. I land on the, on the ice, helmet on, on my stomach. He's sitting on my back. And 
in the old NHL rink in, uh, at, at, at Chesterfield, and he's sitting on my back, open hand cuffing me across the helmet. I'm the fucking sheriff in this town, boy. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and so I'm like, yes, you are. Just get off me, please. Please stop hitting me. And uh, so he stands up, and we play the rest of the game, and he gives me a hug after the game and says, welcome to the league, buddy. <laughs> That's amazing. That is awesome. That made you feel good, though. Like, that made you feel fucking good. Like, okay, it's a little bit of respect there. He could have fucking pumped your ass and hit you on the fucking temple and sent you back. He just wanted me to know that. Yeah, sending a message. He could have fucked you up. It wasn't quite my time yet. No, he's a man. He had your back. He could have really pumped your ass. (laughs) (laughs) shit. So I have a question for you because we were just we were talking about the OHL. There's one that I know uh, some of the guys on the hockey fight boards we were talking about it uh, today. They want to know about the Jake Gilmore fights in the oh, O. Oh yeah, Jake, Jake Gilmore. It's rest a in peace. yeah, very sad story, but he was a very tough fighter. Oh my God! You guys went head to head twice, I yeah. believe. Tell tell us about those fights, yeah, man. Well, Jake was one of the heavies, um, and so the first year was I don't think he was there my first year, but my second year. When you're already the guy. Yeah. And then he comes in and he's the good guy too. He's with Belleville Bulls yeah, and you're with Windsor. Conference, so we're yeah. like, we barely play each other, but that's the, the Noof was out. Remember the Noof? It's called no. the Noof. It was an, uh, an internet site okay. that had all the fights on it. It was hockey fights. Yeah. Free hockey fights. Okay. And it's like, fuck, you're reluctant to go on there because all the other fans hate you and they're beaking you. And it's the first time you ever see anybody really chirp you. Because you're on the fucking internet for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So it's a build up between us, and we fucking and I was I, I look back at that fight. I'm so sloppy, like you know, you just learn so much from from you know fighting yeah. all the goddamn time. And we went and I hit him hard, man. You were I hitting fucking hit him from, hard from back, and he was throwing shorter jackhammers, like, and you were throwing ball, get back up, bop, yeah. Bop, bop, bop. That, that we both started the game. We both went buckets off. Like it was let's wicked. The, the put on spin the buckets. I'm spinning that motherfucker. Let's go. And I'm gonna take my shit off in the fucking uh, the uh, penalty box too because the fans <laughs> won. And that's what you just did. And you feed off it. And yeah. we kicked the fuck out of each other twice. And it was cool, man. Like, but that kind of fucked me up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Lou Lamarillo had to call me after I got drafted, and he said, "Stop acting like." the fucking OHL fight champion and start playing hockey too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I will. And then I got traded to Guelph. We won a championship and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was just putting on a goddamn show, dude. Oh, like, it was great. Too much. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it was, was like, great. I needed to worry about the game a little more. Ah, Instead of going and hitting guys and all of a sudden just buckets off, spinning it like fucking doing I, it. I'm you telling know? you right now. If Cam had 50% less idiot in him, he probably would have scored 15 goals in the league. And a year. He was that like he's that fast. He crushes guys. He's got good hands. Like when now he doesn't have to worry about fighting when he's out skating with us, like he's a good hockey player. But when he was out on the ice, he couldn't take he couldn't help he couldn't get the idiot out of him. And if he would if he would have had less if he would have had fifty percent left idiot, he would have been he would have been a hell of a third liner. Blame my fucking parents. My mom and dad are fucking tougher and shit. I, I can't, I can't. Now I'm like chilled out. Like, don't get me wrong. I oh do radio. I do radio. Fuck off. I do radio. Are you fucking chill? What's the best fight you saw your mom and dad get into? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but I, no, I will say something serious on that. My mom and dad fucking yell at each other and it's scary. But they never, ever ripped on each other. Whenever they grabbed me by the side and I was with one of them, they never said, your dad's in that. Never. Like we love, I love your dad. He, 
they never did that, and that helped me. I know it sounds weird and kind of, but it fucking helped me, man. Yeah, no, no, they I, never bashed me. They never bashed each other. No, that teaches you. Confused. That teaches you how to be a father and a husband and, and all yeah. that stuff. And you know, they went through a lot of hardcore shit with me going up at camp. My my dad leaving every weekend. Like, where's Cam going? Oh, he's going to Michigan again. Like, for what? Is he good? Like, why are we spending a thousand bucks? Why? Right. I we our company's going down. We're well, gonna sell. that's a good point, though. Yeah. That actually is a good point because in Canada, you can kind of get good, and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. No. In Toronto, there's right a free there. rink on every corner. Right there. You guys got to spend. I mean, now it's upward of seven thousand bucks a year just to have your kid in the game yeah, in the United just States. A initial check right. 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 No, right. it's like every, like it's it's so and and and. We didn't know. Right. Like, again, no teams are coming down to us and playing us because we weren't that good. So we have to go to them. Right. And, like, you know, we get killed. But I'd have, like, three goals and put a couple kids down, down hard. Right. Or the coach would pump me up, and I'd go out there, and I'd run a kid so hard because I was bigger than everybody and fat. Right. I'd run a kid, and they kicked me out of the whole fucking tournament. And I had to go home, drive 16 hours back home. And my dad's looking at me in the rear mirror like, Come I on. love you. But fuck, I gotta control you a little bit. All right. Like, so it, you know, it just it it, it it took a lot out of him. My, my my dad's gone every fucking. My mom's like, where the fuck are you going? Right. Are we not like we're the we can't hang out. Right. You're going, you know. You're fucking up every date night. Every like yeah. They're not they're not going on date nights anymore at that time. Let's be honest. <laughs> they chill. You know what they do now? They live right next to me. I go over there and I rehash what I'm gonna talk about on the radio every day. They got to watch me my whole fucking career. Watch me at home. And now they listen to, listen to me on the radio every single day. It's the coolest thing in the world. And nice. they fucking chill. They still yell at each other, though. <laughs> they still yell. Oh, we got a, uh, we got a, we've got an autograph. I should fuck up that shirt and put my signature on it. <laughs> Sell that on eBay. Yeah, he does look like Brock Wilson. <laughs> a little skinnier though. <laughs> Brock's jacked. So, quick question. It's sort of, it's a little it's a little bit of a left, but you're and I I think I know where everybody at this table probably sits, but the firing of Don Cherry to me was such a gutless move. And they should and it's not that what he said wasn't a little fucked up. And there's not that said there wasn't some truth to it. Probably could have been phrased a little differently, but you don't fire the guy. You 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 you, you pull the conversation aside and you say, "All right, Don, you know, let's give you your Let's give you your due and your parade, and this is your last year, you know? You know what, though? I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to come at a little different angle because okay. I, I think in Canada it gets a little different up there, and my family's including, but they get a little left up there. The, the left sure. loons are going fucking crazy. Sure. <laughs> and Because if you go listen to John Cherry in the back days when he talked to people, he, he used the same phrase talking to a normal person. Oh it's God. not immigrants. It's, it's my like, grandmother would say, you people, get out of the house after we stayed too long yeah. at Christmas, you know? So, and I, he had so much to, you know, there was other stuff that when he went after women in the locker room, I understood where he was coming from back in the day because right. when I played hockey, there was there was no media room. You were in a locker room, and you didn't, and you didn't want really a woman in the room because guys are in there naked going into the shower. I don't know and, about and you guys, but I, there was a time I got a little dick. That's so why. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Unless it gets going, and then it's still embarrassing. But, I, but my, my problem, if I want to finish before you get camp. But, so all that shit goes on, but my thing with Don, with Grapes was, he really, he's a sort of a fucking hero. Not a hero. Yes. If it's not for Wayne Gretzky, Don Cherry comes next. 100%. And, and that's, and that's true. Because everyone, everyone, Don Cherry would say what we wanted to say, but he right. was saying it on TV. And everyone wanted that. But my problem, the only my problem was, was 
I, I, the guy that he sort of took on the elevator ride with him, Mr. McLean. Oh, I hated of, that. And I know it was a corporate move, and I understand the whole gig. You know, I, I don't believe in the shit, but I know it went on. But he sort of threw him down the bus, and I didn't fucking like that part oh, of it all. I'll Rob you, certainly it, could have said, hey, I, I cannot support 100% anything that he said, yeah. but I know Don's heart. He's a good guy. He's uh, not a racist. He uh, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. Like, one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me was my, me and PJ Stock's fight got on uh, on Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, yeah. And growing up, like, to, to think that I would get on Rock'em Sock'em hockey someday was just like, and then it happened, and I like, bought a bunch of tapes and was – signing them and handing them out to my family members like god you're a narcissistic prick you know that's anyways like at the improv for comics no i'm just kidding <laughs> the one thing about don cherry for me that this has brought attention to is like don never ever talks about the good that he does yeah and that's right what people what people have done like the and call me the guy that's got my beer glass half full but what this has brought for me is it's brought out some great stories about who don cherry really is going over to afghanistan and iraq and they're like don it's getting dangerous. You got to get in here. And he's like, "Fuck you! I'm staying here with you guys." Yeah. Those kinds of stories that the, the soldiers are coming out and talking about right now. That's who Don Cherry is. When nobody else, all these other, you know, Trudeau and his little group of idiots up there, are they over hanging out with the people in uh, Iraq? No, hell no, they're not. Because they don't give a shit. It's Only kids don't <laughs> gives a shit about himself, right? So where the where the real problem lies is that Don Cherry's name is where it should be. This, this actually, I think. Of this, there should be some sort of two-hour documentary send, proper send-off for Don Cherry well, that comes out podcast, of this. Dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's doing a podcast, dude. Yeah, he's doing a podcast. Oh, up. cool. Oh, he's doing a podcast. I'll, I'll tell you a, a true story, and it goes along with what Lozy said. I got on his Rock'em Sock'em's early, too, and yep. like it was one, one or two or three were in there. But when I went to the NHL, I got a chance to fight Claude Lemieux in the Montreal on, on Hockey Night in Canada. And I do, I you know, I that. do really well. Oh, yeah. I come into the lo- I come into the hotel room. Meet Joe Sackey, and then we've been out. We walk in. The elevator door is open, and there's fucking Don Cherry. It's one of my top five moments in hockey because this guy was God. Yeah. And, you know, I would oh. watch him when Howie Meeker was done. It became Don Cherry. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we'd, as a kid, you'd watch Howie Meeker because hockey puck. You know, the shit went on. Yep. So when Don Cherry took over. I walked through there, and he, he puts his hand out, and he shakes. And he says, "That a boy, kid. You did yourself well tonight." Nice. And I, and I thought that was the cat's meow. I really did. Of course, yeah. I mean, everyone, like everyone that we've interviewed that's played in the NHL that got on Rock'em Sock'em, they said that was like a big moment for him, dude. Colton Orr and like of course, you, you made man. it on, right? With yeah. The, oh yeah. The well, LeBlanc, with Aaron Asham. Oh Asham, yeah. We, uh, but no. So growing up here, we didn't have fucking hockey night in Canada. I didn't have shit. I didn't even know what the fuck hockey was. But you know what? Thank you. You know what I, I knew? I knew the Blues. I'm like, oh, they're fucking awesome. Kimby, to, well, you, I, I was already old enough to know that. I didn't like you, Lozy. But <laughs> Twister and Chaser, like, I, so I'm like, I like what they're doing, and I'm going to these games. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I'd buy Rock'em Sock'em videos. Yeah. Watch them and do, like, the hit, hit, you know, me and my cousins would hit each other in the living room and be like, fuck, this is the best thing in the world. And exactly, they yeah. They music to it and the techno music and Domi would, oh, my God. <laughs> So whenever Rock'em Sock'em is the only the time that techno fuck. has been used for any I tough anything. The, the techno music, right? You remember that? <laughs> I loved it. Here it comes, baby. Fucking hip checks. The Don Cherry raps. That was the best. Probert, Probert, what a man. You see him, it's wham, bam. Let's go. Whammo, whammo. Who's the best I often ponder right now? Stevie Wonder. Let's go. Let's go. God damn it. So good. Holy shit. You can't replicate that anymore. Yeah, I feel Don. I feel Don should have just had the opportunity to apologize or rephrase how he said it. But he's not. He's stubborn. But it's just too much. He's not. He's stubborn. And that's fine. And he's like, this is how I made myself. 
by speaking my mind. That's I'm right. I'm not going to apologize. But even, I get that. But he could have, and he could have saved his But he ass. did say that he, he said, phrased he it wrong. He said you people, right? He and he, 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 said that, he said that in 1987. He said it in 1993, 90. He said it 100 times. And he's not talking about a color or a race or anything. He's talking about anybody that's not wearing a goddamn poppy. You people that aren't wearing poppies. But, I don't care what you're But he color. said, "Come to poppy our country." Though. That was the. Hold that on, though. Was but the, but yeah, a poppy. That poppy. When you're growing up as a kid in Canada, and Cam, he don't know this, but when you're growing up as a kid in Canada, it was a fucking pleasure to. You wanted exactly, to wear that poppy yeah. on there. That had to be there, and it cost you fucking a quarter. <laughs> I think that's I, all he wanted to do. This, wear the goddamn thing. But I, I knew that as an American going up there yeah. and watching everybody. But you wear go it. And, and to all his defense, though, and I'm not going to turn this yeah. into a thing. But you okay. go to you go up to Toronto. That culture has changed so much, and it, oh, you know, it's just it's it's a different avenue. So I you left Toronto ten years ago. I don't recognize the place when I go back, and I'm not saying that's bad. No. But what I'm saying is, he is right. It's like, hey, listen, this country's a great country. Here's a part of the reason why it's great. Why it's great. Yes. Just pay a little tribute. Learn exactly. a little bit. Learn a little bit. A little bit. You know? It's day, no it's no year. different than hey, listen, you are more than welcome in my house, but we don't piss on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> There's toilets for that, and I and I'm not saying that anybody's like pissing on anything, but I'm saying well, people. People, people, people are coming to to my hometown, my homeland, and and they're not respecting the rituals and the things that we set forth when we were there. And right. there's an argument that you know there was someone there before us and whatever else. Right. The things that we have laid out there, respecting the people that, and and giving honor with the poppy to the people that are fallen, my grandfather and everybody else that's fallen and done that and protected us and saved us. That's a really cool thing. And so just don't disrespect it. Like it. That, he would have been good, or even but came you, back yeah. and phrased it like but that. But you're coming. But the reason is you're coming to the country because you like that way of life. So yeah. just support it now. That's but all we have. I have a different theory on it. And I think all those people did buy a poppy. They just fall off and you lose them. <laughs> and every time Terry sees someone, oh, he just lost it. Like I bought a poppy this year. I'm at a restaurant and I walked across the street and I had lost it already. Like insane. <laughs> They need to get a little clamp for those All fucking things. Come on. Safe, we get some poppies safety with Velcros. Pin, right? <laughs> yeah, safety pin instead safety of the goddamn pins, needle. Right? <laughs> All right, how about this? Um, best off-ice fights. Oh, boy. Uh, never been in an off-ice fight. Come, get the hell out of here. Never been in a street fight or a bar fight in my life. Oh, wow. Oh, I figured. <laughs> I got a bunch. <laughs> not, no, no, no. You could borrow one. I just thought I didn't know who I was before I got into really fighting as, yeah. as juniors and stuff. So I, I wanted to show it off that I could do it. Right. And, it, you know, I embarrassed myself back in the day. But the big time, well, I, not really as far as like I thought the girls thought it was cool when you do it at a party in high school. But it's not. Right. The, my buddy thought it was cool. So then I thought it was cool. But the girl's like, uh, you're a psycho. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I knew it. There's no, always some okay. slick guy off in the corner but sneaking around the room while you're fighting. on the ice. It's a different story. The girls love that. All right. Hey. But I got fucking embarrassed, man, in Windsor one time, and I was King Dick, and I thought I was a fucking man doing my shit, taking the jersey, like doing everything, just being a character. And I'm at the at the club, probably underage, of course, but they let you in and do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool, yeah. Girls are around. Guys from Detroit are coming over. That's what they do. They come from over. Yeah. American boys. They Drink a little early, the right? The American boys. They call them like, yeah, I know the American boys. Well, they're American <laughs> boys want to go. Yeah. And I remember this guy was doing something, he's talking to our girls, and, and you know, I beat up somebody that night, and I'm just confident, like I'm fucking confident. This guy's like, you want to do it? I'm like, oh, fuck, bring it on, let's go, gather the crew. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that, I didn't do it much in Windsor because you're under a microscope. Right. But I'm like, that night, it was just one of those nights, and I bring him out there, for a bunch of girls, for a couple of my teammates, for a bunch of my buddies I went to high school with. 
This motherfucker embarrassed me so fucking bad. He put me in a pretzel. Didn't let me go. <laughs> pretzel. Then he put me in a fucking chokehold. Didn't let me go. Then he put me in a fucking armbar. Didn't let me go. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm not King Dick. I'm a fucking loser. Yeah. These girls, I'm not taking them home tonight. I'm going to jerk off to myself. Cause I'm a fucking, actually, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm not even going to fucking eat. I'm a loser. This guy fucking embarrassed me, and I didn't do it ever again. So, what was he, what do you think? He was like a jiu-jitsu guy or something? Fuck yeah. So You're fucking a right he was. Next question. Next he question. Had cauliflower ear, and I didn't notice it. That's right. Did I always <laughs> look for the cauliflower ear before I'm I start like, shoot uh, my mouth up? Are you gonna fight me? Let me look at your ear. I wrestled back in the day, so was, but this guy was just so fucked me up. So. Kimball, I know that when you were on the podcast, you said, you you know, you start studying a little boxing, you're looking for the edge. Colt Moore said he actually started taking a little jujitsu. Was there anything you did to prepare and read you too? Was there anything that you guys did off ice, fighting wise, like boxing, this, that, well, in order to get the edge? Yeah, motherfucker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you oh, kidding really? Me? My dad dropped me off at Finney's at 16 years old. He dropped me right off this shit-kicking MMA fucking place. Oh, really? I walk in by myself. My dad goes, I'll pay for it. Get in there. I walk in, shit-kickers beating the fuck out of each other. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, hi. I'm Cam. Nice to meet you. They're like, come on in here. And I started boxing with these boxers. And, doing, and then we turned it into hockey fight training with a towel over your neck, with one glove, with oh, no headgear on. Oh, wow. And then we stopped doing that because we're like, we're kicking the shit out of each other. Right, guys are getting too tuned up. Then Losey comes in. Then Brandon Bullock comes in. Then Patty Maroon comes in. And then I, they took care of me. So Finney, I'm gonna Finney's mixed martial arts in St. Louis. And it's still going. As a, fuck yeah. Awesome. As a 16 year old, I go in there and I I, I, I turned this into a hockey fight training, outside of what they do, of course. Of and course. Losey came in. We kicked the shit out of each other. Helped me so much, dude. Uh, so I'll cool. never forget when uh, I was kind of phasing my career out and Cam was kind of just getting his up and going. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you got to come train with me at Finney. He's like, we worked out there. We were, we did a lot of different stuff together. And it was at that moment where I was like, no, this little motherfucker packs a solid punch. Like <laughs> I would have, he would have his mitts on and I would have like the, the sparring mitts where he's hitting me. And I'm like, holy fuck. Right, this, right, right. He has got an absolute Heavy, heavy, heavy. Well, he's got fucking sledgehammers for hands oh right there. Like, you're looking yeah, at the sweatiest hands. bastard I've ever met in my <laughs> life. <laughs> you go to. Cam, were you just standing in, in the shower in your clothes? Oh, no, you're just sweating? Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, when, when I was in Kingston, Ontario, you want to talk about boxing. So I talked to you about Kingston. Yeah. I had the, the little lightweight Canadian champion that I was training with at the time. Yeah. I. I could go in there and I'd get my fucking ass handed to him. They just the way they punch and the power. You, you you when you fight in hockey and you're grabbing and you don't understand the full torque of this, but these guys were turning their body and oh, I right. seen this guy hit a guy in the stomach and I just said fuck, that ain't gonna be me because that gonna hurt. Right. And then this fucker was only 120 pounds and I'm going holy fuck that would. Right. Like they packed the punch, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I've fought a lot of guys. Um, one of the craziest guys I ever fought was Scott Parker. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, Scott, for the most part beat me in fights um the one night on my first goal that i ever scored in the nhl on my dad's birthday um thanks taylor on my dad's birthday got my first goal fought scott parker that night and he was fucking with al and i'm like Listen, nobody fucks with Al. literally if al was in this bar right now and somebody was fucking with him i would hop over here and grab the guy yeah, like, i still feel like i have to protect al yeah i'm a and so anyways um 
So, but it was just a great fight. But I was on a different level because I was protecting one of my teammates. And whenever we had like our, hey, we got to fight because we're tough guys fights. Like I was tough, I could do it. Right. But man, if you were fucking with one of my True. teammates, it was a different level of me wanting yeah. to hurt you. You know it's what I mean? Another element. And, and that night, like it, we, that was that's one of my favorite fights that I've ever been in. That fight right there. And and but my next fight, he came back to St. Louis where I was going to make this point is. He started hitting me. I had a great lock on him, and he started giving me rib shots. I was like, oh, oh. And he actually, if you watch the fight, like, he hits me up in the side of the ribs, and I actually go down on one knee. Because I, and so, and then I go lift my shirt after the game. I'm like, oh, bruise. Knuckle bruises up and down my rib cage. I was like, I never thought I'd get my body worked in a hockey fight, right? Because everybody's breaking their hands on helmets. But Parker was, he was a super strong, super big, tough guy, and uh, he loved working the body. That's wicked. You did start to see you did start to see sort of things evolve before they put the sort of kibosh on it. You know what I mean? Like the body work and and like fucking guys breaking breaking holds and we were watching uh, we watched your fight with uh, Rick Rippin and we were just talking about how like just some of the technical aspects he was bringing into it. Like it was. Oh, he broke my nose. Oh yeah. Rest <laughs> in peace. Yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> Can't breathe at night because of him. Yeah, no. my nose been broken a couple times. You can tell it's all over the place. It's uh, no, he was very tough, and, and of course, yeah. uh, rest in peace. And he went through some tough times. Yeah, he had some depression going on, and went through a weird time in juniors too, where he, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah. he, he had a tough time, man. But he was really, really tough. God, he fucked me up one one night uh, against Vancouver and kicked the shit out of me. He's, and I'm like, oh, okay. It was like a two-handed attack that he brought to like, everything. Stop, stop, stop. And it was, like, I it was, can't stop. Like he's fucking. He's like, it's like, yeah, no, stop. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was one of those guys, man. But he had a lot, of, he had a lot of stuff going on, man. Mm -hmm. Poor kid. That's why you're lucky you didn't have to fight me. Because I would have punched, <laughs> I would have hit you with so many rights, you'd have begged for a fucking left. We would have been on Rock'em Sock'em. It would have been on Rock'em Sock'em. <laughs> yeah. And you would have been on the you're ice. Throw your left like, against my right, bitch. though. You're gonna look, you, really, you're gonna throw your left against my right. Yeah. And feel All day. comfortable. Feel great. All right. All right. Feel great. Not now. Uh, I got a question for you guys. Okay. Then. Guys, obviously, are fans of tough guys in the NHL. Yeah. So who's your favorite? I don't you know, man. You don't have to man. say me because I'm not going to punch in the face. <laughs> <if you don't>. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler is such a hockey fight aficionado. Like, I just love watching Clark growing up and, you know, he going against oh, guys. Like, how can you not? The Clark McSorley fights for me were, like, so fucking primetime. So I would say Clark. Even I though love that. Not. I love that pick because you don't really – you kind of don't really – like, Wendell Clark was such a badass. First off, he was a defenseman for the Saskatoon Blades, won defenseman of the year, yep. got drafted first overall, and they put him on forward, and, and he's, he a Hall of Fame, he's a Hall of Famer. Is he a forward. Hall of Famer? Like, I don't think he is. No, but he he's a Leafs what? Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, he doesn't have the numbers. numbers. doesn't but have the numbers. No, that like 400 off. Like, yeah. hey, I'm telling you right now, he fought everybody. He's making a couple hundred grand being an alumni right now. So oh, he's okay. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer for the Leafs. No, like he put his he put it all on the line, hitting like everything. He's, he's a fucking a man. Are you piggybacking him, or are you gonna pick somebody else? No, I'm gonna, he's got, he's got no. Clark, Clark who's I just asked these guys who their favorite all -time tough guy favorites, was. All-time favorites: Clark 1A, Probert 1B. I, mean, how I, I love you not, Probert, man. How can you not pick Proby, Probert. dude? How he's can you not pick amazing. him? Here's a here's a question, and, and I go to Adam Oates uh, that played with Proby and that. I always ask these guys. They always Oates and them said Joey Kosher was the toughest ever played. And I always, this is my theory on it, and I'm, I didn't agree with them, but it's a good pick, but I didn't agree with them. I just said Proby was, and the reason I said Proby was because every night they didn't go to fight Joey Kosher. They went to fight Bob Probert because yes. he was the top dog. 
and he had to answer the bell all the time. Now Joey Kosher was one tough son of a bitch, but he like he was he was a pretty well a mirror image of what Twister was. You know they they threw a big punch and blah blah blah. But Proby had to answer the bell every fucking night, and he answered it every night. And he, he looked for it. He, he was 37 exactly. years old, my sixth game in the league, and he was fucking hunting me. Yes. I know. Because <laughs> I, I, I had been in a fight yeah. every single night so far, and he's like, he looked at it, he's like, yeah, I know who I'm going to get. Like, he was on his way out coming to find me, which was you, unbelievable. But you go, you find anybody, yeah. you find anybody when Bob Probert was in this Detroit, not Chicago, when he was in Detroit, that fucker was tough. I don't give a fuck. Man. He knocked this out is, Scott Parker in Chicago. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah, I remember that one. Too. Just when he was in Detroit, knocked that him. was stupid. And Parker him. kept holding on to him. Yeah, like, he it was like probably was like dragging him around. He was trying to get to the belly. When he was in he was Detroit terrible. though, and, and all the shit that he was on, all the shit going on, and, and yeah. he was just a fucking above and beyond that I've ever seen. So it's so for popular. me. I, I, all those guys are super tough, but when you talk about the enforcer role and the toughest guy that ever played, for me it has to be Ty Domi, and I'll give you a couple reasons why. First off, that. he fought everybody too. Yeah. He had to answer the bell every single night, and not only did he not answer the bell, he went after it. He's got the most fighting majors in NHL history at 339, and he's under six foot. And he fought well everybody. And you know what? He played the game. He was a third liner. He had multiple uh, double-digit goal seasons. Thousand games. Um, thousand games. Like that. That. That for me. If you want to take the guy that really represented the enforcer role and its complete entirety, it's Ty Domi. You go. You know what? I'll. I'll and when you guys, I'll, I jumped in on it late, but Wendell Clark was a tough son of a bitch. He was tough. Absolutely. But Wendell didn't have to do it for a long. Like Domi does it for a long period of time. Proby does it for a long period. Dave, Dave Brown, I don't care what anyone says. Oh, Dave, yeah. Dave Brown goes right up there. Now, the only He's reason I put Proby because Proby beats him. Yes, and, he caught uh, him with the one. Yeah. They were trading. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. But, but Dave Brown But yep. Dave Brown also, when he fought, Dave Brown was a – Proby was pretty – he was a fair fucking guy. Proby would never – Brownie used to get the jump on a lot of guys. Brownie jumped. Yeah, no, he jumped. That's what – All the one. time. Then Proby started yeah. chucking. Proby, oh. him Proby would never do that. He was never that kind of guy, and that's why I respected him for it. It was – now You're with Twister, with Twister, a second reunion in, in St. Louis, he's pretty fucking tough there too. You don't yeah, get much. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't lose. Now we're all he didn't want to deal with a little bit. When he was younger, though, like Jim McKenzie was a tough son of a bitch. He, he comes out of Moose Jaw. He threw left. Fucking right, he was. Threw left. Yeah. Jim, Jim McKenzie never gets the no, credit he gets. But he was gets. a Ryan Reeves type. Yeah. Well, Reaver didn't fucking fight until Jan Stasny had a yell at him, and the miners say, yeah. "You fucking take care of business." Yeah. And Reaver's like, "Oh, I'm tough." Then he took my fucking job. Thank you, Jan. <laughs> you asshole. Dave Brown. Dave Brown. I watch him. He beats. Uh, he beats Jimmy Mack. But Jimmy Mack was a tough son of a bitch, man. He oh, was absolutely. Tough. Like Jim, Jim McKenzie. He had that also like two-handed, uh, very fluid Look, with switching. The Jim hands, McKenzie right? has a a couple different gifts on his body. <laughs> <laughs> do we need? Do we need to get into this? No, he knows that. <laughs> I know he might be listening right now. He, Jim McKenzie he got has some gifts. He got what you're lacking. He got what you're lacking. Oh, my God. <laughs> we go to fantasy camp together. A real together, heavyweight. And when he's in the shower, I'm not going near it. I'm a little boy. Guys, we, we would love to, to stay and, and talk all night, but we got to get we got to get uh, running. We got to run to the show. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys so much. This has been a fucking great podcast. We touched on so many notes. We were like, we had questions we didn't even get a chance nah, to get to because we were just having fun, man. You're the man. Thanks so much. Big deal. Guys. Just come back and see us. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Top we can bring shoes, the baby. Twister out of the woods and come in and visit you. Yeah. We'll get Twister. We're still out. here tomorrow. Tell Twister we'll go up. Yeah. To, we'll go. To yeah, the you want to come back, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to go to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dodge landmines and shit. <laughs> thank you guys. Though. All right, thank, thank you, you so much, much, Cam Jansen, Reed Low, Derek Campbell. We're here outside of St. Louis. Me and Tyler Morris, and this is Fight Stories. Woo! 
Guys, that has been Fight Story Season 2. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and share the podcast around. Follow us on all of our social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Very easy to find. And, uh, you know, get some of our swag. We got hoodies. We got t-shirts. You want one? Send us a DM. We'll get you all the information and uh, get you guys looked after. Big thanks to all of our guests. You guys are amazing. And our sponsor, Absolute Nature CBD, Tyler Shazma at Silver Drop Media, Humble and Fred at the Humble and Fred Studio in Toronto, and Phil, the sound guy. All you guys have been huge, huge contributing factors to Fight Story Season 2. And uh, also uh, a shared universe studio in New Jersey. Thank you very much, guys. We can't wait to come back with Season 3. It's going to be bigger and badder than ever. (laughs) 